Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Welcome to the Greener Way podcast. I'm your host and managing editor of FS Sustainability, Rachel Allenbacchus. In this episode, brought to you by CFS Thrive Plus, we'll be discussing what retail investors want when it comes to ESG and sustainable investment products, and how financial advisors can help their clients decide where to put their hard-earned dollars. Joining me in this discussion is CFS Director ESG, Camilla Skalberg, and Julia Harley, a financial advisor at Ethinvest. Camilla, Julia, welcome to The Greener Way, and can you please introduce yourselves to the audience? Thanks, Rachel. It's really great to be here. My name is Camilla Skalberg, and I've been in the industry over 22 years leading distribution efforts and product innovation, and I've also previously worked as a tailored portfolio manager providing strategic advice on ESG integration, ethical and impact investing, embedding those approaches into client portfolios. And in my current role, I've led the product design for our first branded CFS sustainable fund, Thrive Plus, and fundamental to design was market research. And I'm looking forward to sharing some insights from our latest survey with you today. Fantastic. And Julia, how about yourself? Can you introduce yourself to our audience? I have been in the financial services industry for almost 20 years now, uh, and for the last three, I have been in the ethical advice space, uh, working with all types of clients uh, and helping them invest ethically. So uh, I'm really interested to hear Camilla's research and, and provide a few insights from, you know, anecdotally what I see every day. Fantastic. All right, let's get into it. So Camilla, uh, let's get straight into this research from CFS Thrive Plus. Um, Who's likely to choose a sustainable option? As part of the product design process for Thrive Plus, we conducted a survey with more than four and a half thousand Australians seeking out their current and future investment intentions. We saw a strong and growing interest in sustainable investing. I believe recent negative experiences such as COVID, extreme weather events and increased media attention has really fueled this awareness. Australians are now starting to put these values into practice with more Australians investing responsibly than ever before. Now, one in three Australians say they are currently invested in a sustainable option, with this being equally split between super and non-super monies. And Almost half of all Australians said that they would make a switch to a sustainable fund over the next two years, with this figure rising to about 60% for women aged between 18 to 34. We did see an increased keenness if someone has unexpected new money to invest, with an overwhelming three out of four Australians saying that they would actually choose a sustainable option when investing in a new managed fund. And this was largely consistent across gender and age generations, right through to the baby boomers. And this is contrary to what we're hearing in the media, that only the younger generation are concerned where their money goes. I really see this as an important insight for financial advisors looking to grow their business who have clients of all ages. 
particularly because seven out of 10 Australians thought the top three attributes of a financial advisor was to be knowledgeable on sustainable investing, to align their environmental and social interests and engage with them on sustainable outcomes. That's really fascinating, particularly that really evenness of distribution. Julia, uh, can you talk us through the faces that you see across the table when you're advising people on where to put their money? Yeah, I would say that research is really um, buoyant, Camilla. Like that, it's good to hear that because we've we find the same. You know, our investors are clients of all ages, all careers. Um, they have diverse interests, diverse backgrounds. Um, it's not just sort of original hippies and you know woke millennials. <laughs> um, the the commonality really is that they would prefer to use their capital for the benefit of people and planet now as well as themselves and leave that lasting legacy for the next generation, you know, in a, in a better planet um, and a planet that, that wasn't sort of destroyed um, through ignorance. One of the things you touched on was unexpected new money, and I would interpret that to be an inheritance perhaps and this big movement of, um, of capital from the older, you know, baby boomer generation to the younger generations that's going to happen over the next 20 years. And those are really people that we need to capture and bring on the journey and show them what is possible. Because often young people don't know what is possible. They haven't been exposed to all the options yet. So there's a lot of people that are already investing sustainably and in a way that's aligned with their values. And there's also organizations such as not-for-profits as well that, that have taken up the cause, particularly environmentally focused charities and not-for-profits. They've been investing in this way for a long time, uh, but also more we're seeing the socially focused not-for-profits moving in this direction, you know, steering away from sin stocks and dirty industries and, you know, reducing the chance of reputational risk. That's really interesting then. So if there's this groundswell of interest in investing in ESG and sustainable products, I mean, look, we could spout statistics back and forth at each other for the whole session. Uh, you know, RIA does consumer report that has insights that are broadly in line with all of this. If there is this groundswell, what is the prevented, what's the prevention? Um, why, uh, why is this groundswell not translating into you know, massive inflows? Um, Camilla, is there anything in the research that suggests what the barriers to entry might be for investors? Great question, Rachel. The studies show that there were essentially three key barriers to stopping Australians from getting started. The first is a lack of knowledge on sustainability. The second, concerned about fund performance of sustainable products. And the third, fees. So I really see the challenge rests firmly with advisors and product providers to help educate clients on sustainable investing, but also explain how investing for better environmental and social outcomes doesn't have to be at the detriment of lower investment returns. And I'm sure, look, the, the performance of markets over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, uh, particularly in light of energy prices, has added an interesting layer to this conversation as well. Um, Julia, how do you go about answering that question or overcoming those barriers in your own particular practice? Uh, it's a good question. I think the key is to find out what's important to the client. That's, you know, the first principle of, of financial advice. So what are their goals, both in the sort of traditional terms of risk and return and and outcomes, um, but also what are their goals in terms of, um, you know, the ethical alignment of the portfolio? So there will, um, you know, and in asking those questions, you are also 
you're understanding their current knowledge level. You're able to sprinkle in some extra education. And so, you know, you are, you know, we're all coming up together in that sense from an education point of view. When it comes to, you know, the fees and costs, um, you know, the more customised a portfolio is, the, the, the greater the cost will be. And so that is just a matter of having that conversation with your client, showing them the options and finding out, you know, wh- what the trade-offs are because there is no perfect solution, uh, but each individual client will be able to find that happy medium for them. You know, a simple hands-off portfolio is going to be a cheaper option than something that is customised to a stock selection level. Uh, and some people will want that. That's really interesting. I find that conversation of how to balance those trade-offs um, between, you know, fees, returns, choice, personal ethics. Um, you know, I'm sure this is sort of the meat of the matter when it comes to being a financial advisor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to touch on performance as well, you know, there is a lot of research that says that you don't, investing ethically doesn't detract from performance over the long term. Mm. And mm-hmm. but certainly, as you mentioned, the uh, the huge bump in oil prices or energy prices over the last uh, 12 to 18 months with the war in Ukraine uh, has, has meant that ethical investors have lagged uh, for the last little while. But I haven't, haven't had a single client who has said, oh, I want to jump ship and start investing in fossil fuels. And is that just because the clients that you manage, Julia, tend to be in that ethical space? Or is it a matter of having that conversation about, okay, look, there's short term and then there's long term? I think it's it's a mix of both of those things mm. that often, you know, they have been investors for, you know, a fair amount of time. So they're comfortable mm. that there will be peaks and troughs, uh, but also that, um, you know, there, there's a long term goal here. Uh, that is both financial and and ethical. Excellent. So, Camilla, what is it that investors do want to invest in, and what do they want to avoid? What is uh, what is the research showing you? The research tells us there is no one size fits all approach to meeting client values and preferences. However, there are some key themes and issues that really resonated with the majority of Australians. Of top concern, as it relates to industries Australians wanted to avoid, there are six priority areas they wanted investments to exclude. The first was weapons and firearms. And concern about weapons and firearms has probably been heightened by the Ukraine crisis. Next was pornography, gambling, animal cruelty, tobacco, and then predatory lending. And predatory lending has really emerged as a new issue, particularly for baby boomers. But surprisingly, avoiding thermal coal and oil and gas both weren't in the top six industries to exclude for the majority of Australians. However, strong environmental themes did come through when we asked Australians what they wanted to support, with the top being solutions to climate change. And also related to environmental commitments was protecting natural environments and waste management. We also saw the S in ESG is gaining traction as areas to support with specific social concerns about healthcare challenges, education and affordable housing, all also in the top six. 
But as I mentioned, there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all. As we saw the younger generation or the Gen Z prioritising education over healthcare and the inverse for baby boomers. So when we were developing Thrive Plus, we considered all these key themes and preferences and really kept them at the heart of the product design because we wanted to create a fund that mattered most to all Australians. And so, Julia, how do you then take these preferences writ large across you know, the wide demographic spread and, and direct them when you're dealing with your clients face to face? And, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's any number of aphorisms we could use here. You can't divest your way to a cleaner future or anything like that. But how do you how do you translate these um, these expressions of, of values and financial return into a choice? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think every practice is going to do it differently because every client wants Mm. something slightly different. So again, as I said before, ask the questions up front, really get a deep dive on what's important to clients. I think this question, you get a different answer depending on how you ask the question. Mm. Um, You know, so I would always try and ask what people want to preference first rather than what they would exclude, because I think Mm. it's pretty common. We're We're all quite aligned on what we would exclude as far as you know, alcohol, gambling, pornography, uh, et cetera. But where are the real preferences? And for our clients, it tends to be environment uh, and protecting Mm -hmm. nature and ecosystems, so not investing in fossil fuels. But then Mm -hmm. even, you know, mining becomes a a sticking point between different clients (laughs) because some are happy to invest in those transitionary minerals that we need for the electrification uh, and some still think that that's not for them because it's damaging to the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what can actually practices do is just to be really clear. So when I say practices, I mean financial advice practices. Uh, be really clear on what your skill set is and what your business can deliver uh, to clients. What have, what have you got the resources for? I guess at a business like Ethinvest, our name, you know, tells you exactly what we do, uh, ethical investing. So clients that come to us are expecting to have that ethical conversation as well as a financial conversation. If it's not in the name of your financial advice business, make sure it's in your early information that you provide clients so that they can be prepared to have that values alignment conversation with you as well. And it's not a surprise to, to them in the first meeting. Mm. You, what, what I guess financial advisors really need from product providers is for them to be clear on the label, you know, tell us what the, what the fund is going to do, then do it and then measure against it so that we can offer that solution to our clients. Because there are, there's not going to be one product for all clients, but as the industry grows and there is a better suite of products available, the whole sustainable, uh, investment industry will grow. And that's that's a win for everyone. That's fantastic. Well, look, Camilla and Julia, I want to thank you for a fascinating discussion, Camilla, from giving us the big picture and how that went into the design of CFS Thrive Plus and Julia, from your experience at that, that face-to-face conversation. Um, so you've been listening to Camilla Skullberg of CFS Thrive Plus and Julia Harley of Ethinvest. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion, which was brought to you by CFS Thrive Plus. Please remember that you can subscribe to the Greener Way podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Rachel Allen. Bacchus, Managing Editor, FS Sustainability. 
Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.